0: Welcome to SEC Football Live here on the 440 Sports Network. And of course, that SEC podcast. He is Michael Bratton. SEC Mike, you can get to me, Braden Gall, at Braden Gall on twitter.com. The cesspool and the sewer that is. A lot of stuff to get to today. The Heisman Trophy coming up. We've got our four finalists. Uh, and there is an SEC player in there. We've got, we'll get into that, of course. Uh, I just cast my ballot for Coach of the Year, uh, Michael. For the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year. So uh, that's super, super interesting stuff right there. Uh, Liquid Flames, what is up and welcome to the comments. Jeff already very pissed off. So Who did,
1: who did you vote for?
0: Uh we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to the awards and You can't, other ma- things you can't mention coming
1: it. Up. Yeah, Billy Napier, right? I,
0: I I can I can give you who I voted for for the coach. I cannot tell you who I voted for for the Heisman trophy. Uh oh. Georgia wasn't screwed. They lost, says Jeff. Why even play games if the outcome doesn't matter? No one besides Bama Homer supports this playoff. All right. We'll we'll get to we'll we'll discuss how georgia was screwed not if they were screwed <laughs> they wait were, you
1: think georgia got screwed
0: we will discuss we will discuss uh i also went back and i i really i wanted to like refocus in on how alabama did what they did and and why it was able to work in the second half and so we'll discuss a lot of that and how that's going to play moving forward against michigan in the college football playoff uh so we'll get into that and the portal is already open it's already wide open and crazy we've already got uh, by my count, I think like nine quarterbacks in the sec have already entered the portal. A few of them have already made their decisions and where they're going to go. we got some big names, uh, also from other positions, Walter Nolan, and, um, you got the Humphreys kid from Vanderbilt going to Georgia and you got a bunch of other players in there juice wells as, as well. So, uh, we got a bunch of bowl games, uh, that we'll get to over the course, uh, of the next couple of weeks. We'll touch on it, uh, today. So, um, I just wanted to, 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 by the way, go over to the 440 Sports YouTube page. All you great commenters who know Mike very well and Cousin Shane and all you guys, uh, if you want to head on over um, and sort of check out myself, Stephen Lassen, a bunch of other content about Southeastern Conference football, please swing over to the 440 Sports YouTube page. Give us a subscribe there. We would really, really appreciate it. And you can, of course, catch this in podcast form, SEC Football Live. That's where I, I get all my football news. <laughs> Where where's that 440 sports. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yes, Travis Brock Vandergrip has a crystal ball prediction for Kentucky. I don't think that's official uh, yet, but, but we'll see Max Johnson kind of one of the only ones that's truly, truly official Texas A&M quarterback going to North Carolina. We'll get to that in just a second. We'll get to that. Um, I, I wanted to start with just first of all, your apology to uh, to Nick Saban personally. I think you probably should apologize to Nick Saban uh, a pers- personally. Well, I I
1: picked Alabama to win the SEC championship.
0: I I know you did. Um, I actually did. And I want you to... I did, too. uh, I'll show you the graphic. Not in the preseason, by the way. Neither of us did that in the preseason. Uh, I I had Georgia. I I just want to... Your reaction to the second half, because I, I thought one of the things that makes me not bothered by the committee's decision to put Florida State at five, because it doesn't really matter. Georgia belonged ahead of them, clearly. Um, but I think one of the things that, that struck me about the second half after rewatching it, sort of watching the the tape itself is that there weren't a lot of like fluke plays. Um, okay. I I almost got the score right too. You're almost dead, dead on there. Um, did it hurt a little bit though on the inside to pick Alabama?
1: Like considering? No, I've always, I've always been a fan of Alabama.
0: Always always believed in them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that struck me. Was and this goes to the conversation about Georgia getting screwed and Alabama belonging in, and and all this stuff. And we can get into the complications of the committee. But I I wrote down like the big plays in the second half, just like here was a huge play, here was a huge play. There wasn't a lot of bad penalties. There's a couple. Maybe there was one that was like a, a horse collar that could have maybe not been called, but maybe it was. It was basically a 50 50 call. There were no like bad, egregious penalties. There was only the one turnover, which was a sort of a self inflicted wound by Georgia. Um, there was, it wasn't like bad anything. It wasn't mistake this or screw up there. It was just fucking great football. It was just one team lining up, making big plays. And then the next team lining up and making big plays. And I can go down the list here and and I can, I don't want to rehash the entire game, but like, I just, your thoughts on the second half and how it played out in terms of the quality of the games, because I don't think there's another team in America that could step into those plays on those drives, drive in and drive out and make the plays that both of those teams did on, on Saturday afternoon.
1: Is there a reason you're starting in the second half? And just so we can admit that fourth down catch, that wasn't a catch that resulted in a touchdown that decided the the ball game, is that it's what we're not, doing here?
0: No, there's not a reason. I just wanted to get, I wanted to get to like the most important plays of the second half that that wasn't intentional. Oh, I just okay, gotcha,
1: gotcha. So
0: unlike uh, you, it was an accident, not on purpose.
1: Hmm. Well, I certainly thought Georgia had to score coming out of the halftime, and they didn't. That was big. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey injured at the wrong time. That's a you know, we shouldn't penalize Alabama for that because – Didn't Brock
0: Bowers catch, like, one of the most important passes of the entire game down to the one-yard line with, like, four minutes to go?
1: Yeah, but you know And the he, first
0: and the first play of that drive as well. I mean I'm not saying he's hundred percent,
1: but if like if he was hundred percent different ball game, you know what? I mean, Georgia probably would have cruised. That was a big reason why I thought Alabama could win. But um I'm trying to think, man. Uh could couldn't stop Alabama, couldn't stop him on critical situations. And and that's a credit to uh Tommy Reese. Jalen Milrow. <laughs> I think I all the credit goes to Jalen Milrow. He should have been a no, a Heisman I finalist, I would think, but um I don't know. That, that's about all I got. I mean, I, I can't remember, man. I I put that game out of my mind.
0: Well, let me let me let me re let me re let me do this. Then I'll try to do this as quickly as possible. Very first drive, Alabama third and one, stop around midfield. Huge mm-hmm. play, huge play. Very next possession, Georgia they they stop Alabama. The very next possession, Georgia hits the big fifty one yard explosive play, the first big explosive play of the entire game. Uh, but then Alabama gets the stop. Should have caught the interception, but gets the stop on third and seven, forces the field goal. Georgia comes back. And on third and four, gets a sack for Alabama. Takes them out of field goal range. Huge play by Georgia to knock Alabama out of field goal range. Very next possession. Uh, they have the uh, the reverse fumble where they, they recover the, the ball for Alabama. They get the ball back down in territory. But mm-hmm. then Georgia <laughs> Georgia makes a stop on third and nine. Forces the field goal. Keeps it to a 10-point game. Immediately comes back. Alabama third and 13. Amos, who was filling in for for mckinstry made a great play almost intercepted the ball on third and 13 stopped georgia dead in its tracks there then georgia comes back and gets a sack on second and eight takes it back to third and 19 that's when they get the big return on the punt return to put them back into field goal range uh Beck, a couple of great throws on the next drive to go up to go down 20 to 17 they score the touchdown and then the two great drives by alabama where the first one is the best drive by the Alabama offensive line the entire game. They run the football well. They protect Milrow. Milrow goes check down, check down, check down. They score. Then Georgia comes right back with Carson back and goes bang, 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 two fourth down conversions, touchdown to cut the game to three. And then Jalen Milrow, again, brilliant on a couple of running calls by Tommy Reese that I thought were perfect calls as well. My point is, is watching that game, that was big boy shit every possession. And you, 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 Georgia fans, you want to complain about the refs, take that shit somewhere else. I didn't see any problems with what the refs did in the second half. I don't care. Uh, But what I, what I watched when I rewatched the game, there's no way Washington could have made those plays for either side of the teams, Florida state without Jordan Travis could not have made those plays in that game on either side of those, those, those games. I think Michigan, maybe Michigan is good enough and pissed off enough that maybe they could have played in that game. Uh, And maybe kept kept it going. Texas, I think we know can play against Bama, but that's a different Bama. I just I came away rewatching it going even more that like these were just big time football plays made by clearly two of the best four teams, in my opinion.
1: Mm. How do you know Washington
0: and Florida State couldn't make those plays? Well, Florida State can't because their offense sucks without their quarterback. But Mm. but that's. Washington might be able to. I mean, didn't everybody I don't have so.
1: Oregon winning the Pac-12 championship? Sure. I'm just I'm just saying you – Didn't like, everybody have Georgia winning the SEC and national championship? I mean, at some point, we got to sit here and not decide to play off because we think this and we think that, and this team can't do this and this team can't do but, that. But we I don't mean, there's, have a, the, there's games that, are, that have been played.
0: Well, so what, what's your complaint then?
1: Why do like,
0: you think you think Georgia? What is, you
1: just said right there, Washington can't do what I just saw. Yeah, I don't think you they just can. said Florida State can't do. Well, did you have Washington beating Oregon twice because they did it? Did you have Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC championship and eliminating yes. number yes, one? <laughs> but that doesn't I mean did. that that will that him, I to happen. <laughs> I mean, we. I don't think we should do the sport because because of this and that. Because I think this and I think that. I think it should be because of what happens on the field.
0: Okay. Well, I, I think that is. It, it, like, first of all, you think because a hundred years ago we geographically aligned our our sport into conferences based on geography that that somehow automatically makes all the schedules equal? Like you know that's not fucking true. That's that's a terrible take. Well, I didn't say the schedules. When, when did I say the schedules are are equal? You're you're saying Washington deserves to be in because of what? A zero on their in their lost column, and Georgia has a one. Like that's not how the committee works. The committee's not supposed to do that. The committee. This is why no, Georg- State got Georgia left out for Alabama. A-
1: Georgia had an opportunity on Saturday, and they didn't get it done. Yeah, so and if
0: Washington had to play Georgia in a, in a championship game, they wouldn't be in the playoff either. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, if Michigan – I think Michigan – if Michigan had to play somebody in that game, I don't know if they could have gotten out of it alive. My point is, is we're penalizing Georgia because of it, the the quality of its opponent, not how good or bad they are as a football team. And that's stupid to me. That's That's a dumb way to do it. And right why, now
1: then why don't we sit here and say well Tennessee would want won the pack twelve? Let's let's put that let's put the, let's put them in the playoff.
0: You can't make that argument. They're not good. Why,
1: enough. why not? I feel I feel like it's the same thing you're saying. What Texas no, what are you talking they would they, they would have won the big big ten. But let's, why let's put them in the you, playoff.
0: How can you make that argument?
1: Because you're just saying if we if, if Washington played Georgia's schedule, they wouldn't have made it. That's what you just said.
0: No, no, I'm I'm saying the championship game in particular. Yeah. What what we do is we we all of a sudden uh, like we put too much we put too much value because this is the way we used to look at the sport a hundred years ago fifty years ago twenty years ago mm-hmm. that if you have a zero you're automatically better than if you have a one and that's just not reality anymore. Why isn't anyone up in arms that Liberty isn't in the playoff? Oh my God! They won their conference championship. They're undefeated. You know how easy it is for our brains to use context and nuance and say, oh well, Liberty's probably not good enough. They didn't play hard enough schedule. They played New Mexico State. Shout out Hugh Freeze, uh, like in, in the championship game. Like it's easy for us to do that. If anyone, if I, if if Texas had to play in that game, I don't know if they're in the playoff right now. I don't know. I, we know they can beat Alabama, but can they be? I don't know if they can beat Georgia. I maybe sure. Hey, that, Texas has a great argument. I think Georgia, Texas, Alabama, and Michigan are the four best teams.
1: This That's this it. will never happen because of the money involved. But do you think they should do away with uh, conference championship games?
0: Uh, conference championship. Thank you, Jay, for the kind words. By the way, uh, he says I need to shut my pie hole. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm more of a cake guy, but um, without
1: that, I mean, Georgia's in, right? Of course, Alabama probably wouldn't be in.
0: But well, and what and what is a conference but, championship game? It I, is a fab. is a is a it's a fabricated event to make a shit ton of money. That's what Roy Kramer right. did in 1992. And but everybody I'm else I'm, I'm
1: really in the 12 team era. Like it it seems to have no value to me in a 12 team era.
0: I I don't necessarily disagree with you, but that's a different argument.
1: Seven teams Seven teams
0: belonged in the playoff this year. If I'm an Ohio State fan, I feel like you know my team was pretty good. My only loss was a six-point loss on the road to number one. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm Texas. I feel like I belong. I'm Florida State. I feel like I belong. All these teams feel like they belong. And, and I'm not saying that somebody should have been kicked. I'm not saying Washington should have been left out for Georgia. I'm just saying Georgia w- was clearly one of the four best teams. I don't know how you can watch that SEC championship game and think anything else other than those are the two, two of the four best teams in college football.
1: Hmm. What about Mizzou? What about Ole Miss?
0: Two four losses means they're not in the conversation. I don't I don't know why this is hard. I'm not under I don't understand what's difficult about this.
1: I mean Bama didn't have to play at Athens, to your point. That would have been a loss. <laughs> okay. I you know, I throw Mizzou in there. Mizzou's. Do you do you, you think Georgia? Do you think Georgia uh
0: Shane has never been on this show? I love Shane. If you want to watch SEC football live on Tuesdays at one o'clock Eastern time, this is our show. Um, I, I I should never be compared to Shane. Shane is greater than. He, here's the question, though. Is Georgia one of the four best teams in your opinion? Not not did they have their chance. They had their playoff game. They had their crack at Bama, and they lost, and this is the system we have, and mm-hmm. cry and whine and cry and whine. Are they one of the four best teams? Because the committee's job is to put the four best teams into the playoff. That's it. That's the only job. Is it? That's all it says.
1: Hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're definitely one of the top four.
0: Okay, so you agree all after, all after 15 minutes of arguing with me, you agree with me. They're one of the top four.
1: No, because I don't think that's, I don't think that's what they do. I don't think that's what they're. Ju- they say something different every week, and I don't understand why people like lock into it. This, this has been a damn sham since they started it, Braden. When go back to the first year, Bay, I, I can't remember the exact order, but Baylor and TCU, I think, I think TCU was in the top four. They won their final game like 48 to 6 against Iowa State. And then they kicked their ass out and put Ohio State in. So but that's but well, that that's, told me that's and, happened, it, and it's been true the entire time. None of these rankings, they're all horseshit. Don't I don't understand why anybody pays a cent of attention to any of it until the very last one. Because they're all meaningless. And they just change their you know, why is this team here? Why is that team here? Well, resume well the eye test uh, well this why we gotta get the best four like none of it matters it's just the final one and they pick and choose whoever the hell they want and there's nothing you can say that's gonna get that florida state fans are gonna hear you and be like well he I, makes I, a great point you know what i mean I, it's it's all i agree.
0: it's it sucks that jordan travis got hurt but it's in the bylaws that if you lose a key player that's part of their analysis and florida state averaging less than four yards of play without jordan travis doesn't belong in the playoffs. Sadly, it's sad. It sucks, man. I feel bad for Florida State fans. I do. I feel bad
1: for Georgia fans. I well, feel couldn't bad they for say House Brock State Bowers fans. was limited? Can we factor that in? And then he'll be better in a month, and we can throw them in the play? Like, why don't we just do that? So, number one, KLK
0: Iley says college football is the only sport that does it this way, the only sport that's factually untrue, because college basketball has been doing this for 40 years. They use a committee and yes there are disagreements and yes it's subjective but they also use shit tons of metrics they use record strength of schedule they use talent they use everything and the committee's not a bunch of politicians i don't some of them are football coaches i don't understand the argument about politicians they have they've literally almost never made a mistake in 10 years of doing this maybe one time maybe two times a team got truly left out that was going to be that you could argue is one of the best teams in the country so i i don't like the system needs to change. This year is an example of why the system needs to change, and it's going to change. But if I'm Georgia, how can you tell me that I'm clearly the number one team in America for the vast majority of the season? Then I lose by three points on the road to, the, to, the, to a top four champ, SEC champion and tell me that I'm not good enough? That's the reason is I lost by three to Alabama because I think most everybody else would lose by three to Alabama in that situation too. I just think if I'm a Georgia fan, I have the most right to be upset more than florida state and more than ohio state the committee had to find reasons to leave teams out (laughs) brada where did you get your beer sign ahead above you it's a new glarus brewing company i had to get it actually in wisconsin i think um the the committee had to find reasons mike to leave teams out and they're like it's not the other way around because everybody deserved to go their reason for florida state was jordan travis their reason for Ohio State was didn't win the division. Their reason for Georgia was didn't beat Alabama in the championship game. And I think that's the weakest of the three reasons that they left Georgia out. That's all.
1: Hmm. Yeah. We They need to put us on a committee. Like Jackson says. Come on now. <laughs> Get in there. We'll, we'll fix this shit. <laughs> well, you didn't include me, though. God damn it. <laughs> no, we don't want to.
0: Well, it's because I, you're, watched, you're I too, actually watched too, the other teams. You you're know? too
1: political. Get that garbage out of here.
0: Po- I'm too political you're just Uh,
1: just Washington
0: Washington and here's the problem with Florida State here's the other argument Florida State you can't also have the worst strength of schedule you can't have the worst strength of schedule and lose your best player one of the five best players in the country and 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 still get in over teams that also deserve to get in Georgia is the team that has the most right to be the most pissed off but I understand why they left him out that's all I'm I'm, somebody was going to be pissed but like, don't tell me if you put Georgia in there against Washington in a playoff game. You're picking fucking Washington. Get out of here with that.
1: <laughs> okay, well, oh, he knows what's up.
0: Reframing the argument to my benefit. <laughs> I, I don't have a benefit. What's my benefit here? <laughs> I don't want Alabama in the playoff. I'm tired of Alabama <laughs> in the playoff. I'm tired of it. But what? Do I, what's my motivation here? What do I gain?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know what I, I gain from all of this. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Michigan has a far weaker schedule than Georgia. I mean, Michigan had a yeah. two-game Michigan had a two-game
1: schedule. They and they were they were cheating the whole time, so they, oh, should, yeah. they should not be eligible anyway. enjoy if,
0: if you say that FSU got screwed, you're right. If you say that Georgia got screwed, you're right. If you said Ohio State got screwed, you're right. All of those teams probably would have gotten in last year. By the way, so don't and and by the way, your, your your thing about the committee being wrong or it's it's all garbage like that's you're actually you're, you're way off on that. It's thirteen it's thirteen people that have every that study every single bit of data and metrics and it's it is it's the best system we have because we have 133 teams that play 133 different schedules organized by geography. A hundred years ago, it's not the NFL. It's not a professional sport where you have equality in scheduling. And then the record is actually how you get into the playoff. That's going to happen. I think That's you're,
1: uh, I think you're way off base, my friend. Okay, because I got my please buddy please. Dave Bartu. too. He knows the formula, and he puts it out a day before they do, and he gets twenty to twenty five in the dead exact spot every time, because they just have a stupid formula they go off of, and he he gets every week he does it. So, I don't know. I, I don't agree with that. I don't think these people sit around and watch. Forty teams play football week in and week out. There, there's not enough time in the day.
0: Well, that's not what it what happens at the end of the. Do you, I mean, do you know how the actual structure of the committee meeting works?
1: I, I have mean, no, we don't need no idea. To, we don't
0: need to. We don't need to go into this. But they they rank they rank a, a group of teams and but they've watched all the. I mean, they have every. They have sports source analytics. They have advanced metrics. They have fi- game film. They have everything they could possibly need to make an informed decision. It doesn't mean they make the right decision every time. They're human beings. But like, all we did was yell about the computers, too many computers, too many fucking computers, the computers, the computers. So then we put humans in charge of it. Now we're saying, oh, the humans, the human, like the only way to do it fairly is to have an NFL system where the record is the only thing that matters. But you cannot do that in college football when the schedules are arranged by geography <laughs> mm. in 1933. You, you, you can't. But not you,
1: next year, right? Because there's basically two conferences.
0: Well, in, in in the coming years, the reason we're going to have a breakaway and the reason there'll be 40 or 50 teams that are playing in the top division of the sport, we already had NCAA, NCAA news this week that they're trying to put together a, quote, subdivision at the top of the sport that is all about financial uh, compensation for athletes, minimum of $30,000 per athlete across the athletic department. Uh, it's about um, it's a, it's. It's about 7 to $10 million of investment per year from each school. But but if you can afford that, you can play in the top subdivision. That is the beginning stages of the breakaway. Mm. And when the breakaway comes, the schedules will get evened out. And then you can go based on record. But Jackson says geography no longer exists. What was Washington's schedule this year? And what was Georgia's schedule? And what was Florida State's schedule? It was completely dictated by their conference. And the conferences were arranged by geography. And and that cannot be a way to establish equity. It just can't be. It's not. It's not a way to
1: establish equity. It's not. Colin's mad at me now. At Mike. Why? Why are you a different
0: person on this show? It's an interesting question, Colin.
1: Yeah, Mike. Mike, care
0: to answer the tough
1: ones from the listeners? I'm pretty sure I'm the same person.
0: Uh, I think you're a little more. I think you're a little more like uh, irritated with me than you are.
1: On the other show. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, comparing <laughs> anybody to cousin Shane, I'm more irritated with that person for sure. Um, but but you're right, Jackson.
0: The geography starts to disappear next year and the schedules start to get more even, but it won't really happen until it's like 12 power five opponents, no g5 games. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be only within the top 40 teams, and therefore you can look at all the schedules and say, ah, oh, they're pretty much even. And then you can put those teams into the into the playoff. And that's the only way it's going to uh, like, that's the only way you can go based on record. You cannot go based on record. Otherwise, Liberty belongs a, as a as a four or five seed. You can't put Liberty ahead of Texas or, or Alabama. Mm. So I don't, I don't know why we're so e- I don't know why it's so easy for us in our brains to be like, yeah, Liberty 13 and zero, not as good as Texas 12 and one or Alabama 12 and one, but it's so impossible for us to look at Florida state who played the worst strength of schedule of all these teams was not dominant for most of the entire year and lost its best player and say, Oh, Georgia was better. I don't, I don't know why that's so hard to do. Yeah.
1: What, what else we got here? This, this, this is a uh, committee talk. Oh my God. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the
0: only time I get to do the <laughs> sec show, Mike, and the committee just decided our playoff. Uh, just super impressed with Tommy Reese and Jalen Miller on those last two drives. So I won't quickly, There's two lines of thinking with the Michigan matchup for Alabama. I want your quick picks, and then we can kind of move on to some other stuff. Um, I I think every now and then in in college football, there is a team from another league that sort of just builds and builds and builds with animosity and then breaks through and wins a championship. 2002, Ohio State did it. 2005, Texas did it, although that was more Vince Young than anything else. Um, 2014, Ohio State did it. They were – so sick and tired of the big 10 nick saban sec thing and i was at that game uh, on the on the floor of that of that stadium in the sugar bowl and i've never seen a team more talented than than that ohio state team outside of maybe oh one miami and that ohio state team broke through so i think the argument for michigan is three years of this shit we're tired of hearing how we're not good enough we got the whole scandal the whole cheating stuff how you guys are not good enough and they've basically destroyed everybody they've played the entire season and that this is the year they figure it out because Alabama is not a perfect Alabama team, right? That's that's the argument for Michigan. The other argument is no one can stop Jalen Milrow. Wait,
1: that's you just argument. said uh, they basically dominated everybody, but the, the only game worth the shit they played wasn't at Ohio State and wasn't that a one score game at home? Yeah, basically dominated everyone. Okay. Except the one good team they played. They're gonna get their break speed off, Braden. Come on, oh, now. I, dude. Get the I hell got out Bama. With Michigan hype. <laughs> Bama go into the national championship and they're gonna face Texas because Texas got all kinds of athletes all over the field. And Sarkeesian versus Saban, I can't wait for that matchup in the in the I, natty, I agree. in Houston. I, agree.
0: I I former head coach in waiting, Steve Sarkeesian. Um I, I think what's what's interesting is Clemson did it too. Clemson got off the bus and got beat by Alabama and lost in the playoff, and then they didn't. And sometimes it happens where the other team. <laughs> Colin says,
1: Mike, our stupid question mark. Me too, and Obis question elaborate. Don't be stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what voice are you
1: doing? <laughs> I'm trying to pretend I'm in mean, Colin's Colin. mind now. He was asking me oh, who okay. I was before. Now I'm Colin, but okay, while right. he was typing that.
0: <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is, is that every now and then, and, and this is an Alabama team that's slightly flawed, although they didn't play like it on Saturday. Why is Michigan
1: favored? That's, that's crazy to me.
0: I mean, it's- listen, I, I, I opened up the betting app and I said, uh, Alabama plus two and a half all day, please. I took Bama plus the two and a half right away. Right. So I'm not, I'm not picking against Bama because I don't think anyone can stop Jalen Milrose legs. Tommy Reese has learned how to use him and deploy him effectively. The, I thought the running game was better. The offensive line was better. The secondary was better. Those are questions about, about Alabama. They got mm-hmm. on the edge. They, they clearly were attacking the the edge against Georgia. And I, if you can do that against Michigan, I think you can win the game. I, there's just sometimes there's a team that does this. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, as I mentioned, I pointed them all out 02 Ohio State, 05 Texas, 2014 <laughs> Ohio State. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mike, Mike, our. Arst- <laughs> the last last part is all that matters mike are stupid braden are smart football good Mm -hmm. that makes sense i like i like like football (laughs) um so so give me an actual like breakdown of the michigan game don't be a jackass (laughs) give me like a real piece of
1: analysis well i don't watch michigan but i watched them in the big 10 and and it was just laughable that they you know that iowa team i mean that this is who their opponent is. I mean, every year I watch the Big Ten championship, it's like that. It's just – it's Ohio State or Michigan beating the hell out of the other team. And it's – and I don't understand how this is the same league. Could you imagine if it was like Georgia versus Vanderbilt in the SEC championship? Like, that's what it feels like every time I throw on a Big Ten championship. It feels like it's not even worth watching because you're not getting a, an evaluation of two elite teams. So, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I've, I've heard the running game is not that strong for Michigan – Alabama can be run on, but Michigan ain't going to do it. Do they have the athletes that Georgia has Well, on the outside? Certainly not. So, no, I, I don't think it's going to be even competitive ball game unless this quarterback takes over. And, and, and I would think Alabama's secondary won't allow that to happen. I think that's the only shot Michigan has.
0: I, I think Bobby's right. I mean, first of all, Iowa won 10 games. So it would be like playing Ole Miss. Um, in, in, uh, cause if, if, if Ole Miss was one dimensional, uh, but Bobby says big 10 West, it's because the framework of the division was so imbalanced that that's what happens in the big 10 championship game. Um, but I think I, I like, I, I, Michigan can run. I mean, Blake Corum is one of the best running backs in Michigan history. They can run the football. I don't know if you can run on this particular Alabama team. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if they've got the athletes in space to take advantage of the secondary because Alabama's players are never like out of position. They may, they may not make the play, but they're never out of position. So look, I, look. I took Bama plus the two and a half. So I don't have a whole lot of case here for Michigan, other than strange shit happens sometimes when teams have been going to the game and losing for years in a row, and that is what eighteen and twenty two year olds deal with. And sometimes you see a, a team. Go through a year where they get there and they lose. They go through another year and they get there and they lose. And all of a sudden, they show up and they they finish it off because they don't lose mentally when they get off the bus. So.
1: They they need Alabama to be looking ahead to Texas. I feel like to, for any maybe. shot for them to win,
0: maybe. I will say I was watching the. Uh, it wasn't on Monday night. Who, who was it? Um, Raw. Monday night. No, it was roll. the Bengals. The Bengals drafted DJ Turner in, the, in like the second round, who's like a Michigan corner who ran like a four-two. So. Um, to say that they don't have speed or athleticism or talent is just wrong. It may not be good enough to beat Alabama, but yeah.
1: Listen, again, Bama beats Michigan easily. They can't stop Jalen Milrow. I, I, nobody can stop Jalen Milrow, right? Right now, the real question is who wins in Houston. not ready for
0: that one yet (laughs) because the reason that Texas was able to beat Alabama in my opinion the two reasons that make them dangerous and could win the whole thing their defensive tackles and their quarterbacks accuracy down the field that's how they beat Alabama and Jalen Milrow was not Jalen Milrow in that game yet he had not become the Superman that he is today
1: I should go to on the 50 yard line with the decaying dynasty shirt just to motivate him you think so yeah You you
0: think they need a little extra after beating Georgia, the they one do. Team. They've been saying yeah. it
1: all year, proving the doubters wrong, or something. Was like it that. JC?
0: Was it JC Latham? I was standing like three feet from JC Latham at the at, in the at SEC media days, and he was like, he rattled off like, "I want the Outland, I want the SEC championship, I want the Joe Moore Award, <laughs> I want." <laughs> like he, I was like, "Damn, you've been studying the the awards."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. But it, 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 look, it's worked for him. Here they are. Here they are. Playing in the Aub- Auburn
1: fans claiming Bo Nix invite to to the Heisman.
0: Are they really? I doubt it. That's pretty pathetic. There's no way they're that pathetic. I mean, I know they're pathetic, but they're not that
1: pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, wh- how good would Auburn been with Bo Nix this year? I mean, it, actually, he would have fit, and he frees the
0: system extremely well. So, yes, Yes, they would have been far better. <laughs> would
1: have beat Bama, probably.
0: They would have been far better at completing forward passes. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Which Which they were incapable of doing for much of the season. Even against New Mexico State. Speaking of the four pass,
0: hey, uh, we said, hey, do something crazy, Sam Pittman. They hired Bobby Petrino like 12 minutes after the show was over last week. Uh, Mm -hmm. So good job, Arkansas. Good job uh, there. Um, Quarterbacks uh, in the portal. uh, We'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Marvin Harrison are your four finalists for the Heisman Trophy. If you had a ballot. Mike Bratton, what would your three names be? You don't have, you can be any names in the country and I'll give you, I'll, I'll try to give you a hint as to <laughs> what I did.
1: Oh yeah. They, they've never be foolish enough to give me a vote, but which that's, Why not? that's smart on them. Uh, Jane Dale's got to be your winner. I think hands down, I don't even think that's questionable at this point in time. Uh, who is next? You know, I thought it was kind of funny. I, again, I don't watch. I don't watch these other guys, so I, I'm not qualified to uh, To vote for such an award, but I did think it was funny because when I watched Washington, you know they were singing the praises of Michael Penix. Not that he's a bad player, but I thought the difference in them winning was a backup running back from Mississippi State named Dylan Johnson. I mean, he looked like the difference maker. And even after the game, they asked Dylan Johnson, star of the game. Did your quarterback win the Heisman? He's like, hell yeah, did you watch it? I'm like, no, I, I I did watch, and you were better than him. So, uh, no, it, should, it shouldn't be Penix. That's foolish. Penix uh, was never
0: good. Penix was, is not going to win it.
1: I've, I, You know, I've watched Bo Nix. He looked really good. I'm trying to think when that was on Thanksgiving. when the, who every, were they playing? every single game. Every Oregon single game. State. I mean, that's the only one I watched. He looked good. So, yeah, I'm fine with him being there. I think Jalen Millrow should Nicks is
0: passing Bo Nix's passing numbers are better than Jaden Daniels. Oh okay, that, and, that's, that's, and it's hard. It's very hard to do that.
1: That's fantastic. Uh, put him in there. I, I I got no problem with it. Uh, give me, Jalen Milrow. I think needs to be there as well. Um, is that enough? I mean, do we need any more? Brock well, Bowers. Just, I'm just curious if he if didn't you, get hurt.
0: I'm curious what your. Th- I I absolutely would have had Bowers on my on my ballot if he didn't get hurt. Unfortunately.
1: Mm-hmm. How about uh, Cody Schrader? And, I would I put won. Cody Schrader in there.
0: Uh, by the way, congrats to Cody Schrader on the Burlsworth Award this year. Um, uh, totally deserving. What a fantastic story! He's sort of what everything is. He sort of embodies everything that is great about college football. Uh, to go to to the 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 lower levels, and then work his way back as a walk on to his favorite school, and then lead the SEC in rushing, being all American. Uh, absolutely the embodiment of what makes the, the sport great. And so uh, tip of the cap to Cody Schrader for sure. Congrats to Mizzou fans uh, as they will play Ohio state, of course, in a bowl game who who knows how interested either of those two teams are. I assume Missouri is very motivated in that game to kind of finish off a, a historic season mm-hmm. uh, and kind of make it the great, if they were to beat Ohio state and I don't think bowl games results mean anything. I think playing in the game is fun and getting to play your freshman is really important. And mo- most importantly, the practice time is critical. I guarantee you Billy Napier, Shane, Shane uh, Beamer and Sam Pittman all agree with me on that. The practice time is critical. Um, but I, m- m- this could be Missouri's greatest season of all time if they were to beat Ohio State in the, in that bowl game. So, yeah. um, cra- absolutely Cody Schrader deserves a, a ton of love. I think it's without giving away who I put on my ballot. I did not have uh, one name was on my ballot. I did not have Michael Penix on my ballot and I did not have Marvin Harrison on my ballot. Um, there's one other name that's not there that I had on my ballot. So I'll just, we can just mm. leave it at that. Joe Milton, your, Got it. I'll give, yep, yep. Well, it's Nico. Actually, it was Devin Leary next year's winner. I thought, well, winner, Nico. I thought Devin, Le, Devin Leary was the best quarterback in America this year. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Brock Vandergriff will be your starting quarterback at Kentucky next year. So, um, Ugh. I, I did vote for, uh, I did vote for Eli Drinkwitz for the Eddie Robinson coach of the year award. I did put him up there. Nice. Um, I had him at number two uh, behind Kalen DeBoer, who coaches at Washington. So I think he'll, I think he'll win coach of the year in the SEC and probably be coach of the year candidate, top three uh, nationally. Uh, otherwise, um, do you want to get into? Uh, you want to get into the portal here? You want to talk some portal? Jump into the portal. Let's do it. So number one, I want to ask you: Do you enjoy the fact that like every single? Off season and postseason information comes in the same period of time. Like <laughs> it, it is, we, we talked about this last week, uh, last season on on our show, Stephen Lassen and myself, the Cover Two Podcast. Um, that that December is totally broken. You, you can't have the co- the conference championships, the Heisman Trophy, the portal opening, recruiting signing day, uh, and the bowl season and the playoff system all happen at one time. The NFL knows how to do this; they spread it out. Do you like the like the chaos of all the information that really truly matters to our sport happening at the same time. Do you think it should be spread out?
1: Oh uh, yeah, of course it should. And it's going to be even worse next year. Cause right during portal and rec- I, it's, I think it'll be both, both the portal and the early signing period, there'll be a college football playoff going on at the same time. Imagine Nick Saban having to prepare for a game tomorrow and oh yeah, it's signing day today. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's illogical. Uh, Again, I don't feel bad for the coaches because they make so much money. I I don't think that's the debate here, but just why jam packing it all in at the same time. But I think that's part of uh, (laughs) this all being tied to academics, you know, and it is at the end of the day, it's supposed to be university. And and we got to get guys in here before spring semester starts. So I I get that aspect, but I, I don't really see much of a resolution to any of this. Do you?
0: Uh, I think there's a couple small things you could do. Uh, Bo says, here we go. Where does Braden want Walter Nolan to go? Bet you he doesn't say A&M. I couldn't care less where he goes. <laughs> couldn't, That's couldn't, not
1: what you said off air. Couldn't care less. He's Braden I, is donating to the NIL. You know to what I want? Walter Nolan to go to, to Bama. To Vanderbilt. <laughs>
0: No, what I want is uh, for Walter Nolan to do whatever's best for Walter Nolan and for everyone else around him that doesn't know him to shut the fuck up. How about that? Like like when a player says, hey, I don't want to play in a bowl game, you don't have a right to tell him what he should or shouldn't do. Um, here's what you could. What about an early signing period like right before camp opens to get recruiting at least off the books in December? What if you had your signing period in February like traditionally mm-hmm. and then you had a signing period for those that are clearly committed and know what they want to do and they don't want to deal with official visits They don't want to deal with deal with coaches texting them at four in the morning. They don't want to deal with Jim Harbaugh in a tree outside their house. Like if they want to just (laughs) if they want to get it over with, what if you move the recruiting period from December and put it on you know, August 2nd or something? You, You know what I mean? Like first weekend in August, first Wednesday in August. That could at least that could at least move one off of the the December books, right? Thank you, Tony.
1: Yeah, but what happens then when, when you get like coach firings and, you know, maybe Billy Napier was recruiting a hell of a lot better in August than he is come December? You know, I mean, pe- people got to have the right well, to change their mind, don't they?
0: But then don't sign then, right? If you're not if you're not on board. I'm just saying for the ones who w- want it and then you can sign in February. Like, I don't understand the descent. Like, I got why they tried to do it because it's the code. Mm-hmm. But like, why not? Like you well, can sign in February. If you want to see how Billy Napier coaches, you can sign in February somewhere else if you want.
1: Well, cause they have so many now that do the uh, early enrolling. Uh, I Okay. So they're going to do signing day in February, but early enrolling starts in January. Like it doesn't make we sense. To, like
0: we used to do that. You would just enroll in classes and then you'd sign your scholarship. Cause actually what it did is it functioned as sort signing period. Like right. before we had the early signing period, there, there were plenty of early enrollees it's when you actually show up to the first class that you actually then sign your scholarship papers and you're in so like I, again i'm just that's one solution mm-hmm. i think the other solution is having an official portal date uh, of like the first 3 weeks of may like the first 2 weeks of may after spring semester's over you've got an official portal like time where we as college football fans and media and players and coaches get like a chunk of time to like really have fun with this stuff and really study it players can build a relationship with coaches if they want to have a clearer picture of what the roster is going to look like. I don't know. That's another solution as well. And if your coach
1: gets fired or changes, well, then you have your chance to leave. I think that's a poor solution as well because let's, let's use like Brock Vandegriff as an example. If he does go to Kentucky, if he is slated to be their next starter, you'd want him in before May because you want him there for spring. I,
0: I, I don't disagree with you, but
1: Like it, like that's instrumental to him winning the job in the fall camp.
0: Okay. So, so what's your solution then? Since you hate everything I've said so far on the show today.
1: Well, we just can't delay everything because then it, (laughs) I don't know how that helps, you know?
0: Well, the idea is to, to, to break it up, to spread it out Mm -hmm. and, and to help everybody. It helps the coaches and the players. It helps the fans. It helps everybody involved to have a clearer picture. Like this is, again, I don't love the NFL for as college football is better, but what the NFL has figured out is to to bullet point big chunks of time in the offseason as like appointment viewing content schedule. It's like, Oh, we all can't wait for the combine. Then we all can't wait for free agency on March 1st. Then we can't wait for the draft. And then we can't wait for July mini camp. And they do it. They spread it out so that there's new content that matters to the rosters and to the outcome of the season spread out so that fans can have fun with it and they can make as much money as possible on it, which mm. is what I would like to see from the college game. I just don't know how they do it.
1: Well, I just don't think we can put fans before the actual people that play and coach the game. You know, I I think it's it's it it is what it is because of the academic calendar.
0: So no solutions.
1: I don't think there is one. And it's going to get more convoluted next year. (laughs) Well, why can't
0: we just say you can you have to. Why can't we just say the transfer portal is uh, every year thing, not every half a year thing? Why can't we do that?
1: you mean just yeah at all times they can transfer
0: yeah like there's all, all summer long you can transfer right but but once the school year starts you're there i mean bar unless like some of the traditional stuff happens like your mother is sick and you want to go take care of her right like like the the more traditional reasons that the ncaa would say yeah go for it that you need to go be with your family or whatever um i, I don't know i i think that I'm, I'm not saying would... it's the best answer. I'm not saying I would vote for it. I'm just trying to come I'm just, you know, brainstorming here.
1: So. I think the I think the portal should be open at all times except during the regular season. I think once the regular or even even fall camps maybe fall, fall camp till the end of the season, no portal. The rest of the time <laughs> completely open.
0: Uh, Bobby says, I like the old days when you just paid players under the table. I'm I'm okay with, uh, you know, I'm fine with paying players above the table. It's fine. It makes it all even. It makes it all, or not even, but it makes it all, like, you know, clear. Uh, Bo, thank you for subscribing to 440 Sports. Uh, Yes, those are all, mostly all my shows. Uh, We talk SEC football. We do previews of college football games. We also talk a lot of other Southern sports as well, mostly the Titans. So go check those out. Um, A lot of Nashville-centric stuff in there. Um, but we, we talked Texas A&M uh, for sure, Bo. So come on over. Um, so there's a bunch of quarterbacks in the portal. Tanner Bailey and Cawthon uh, Gaither. I don't know if I'm saying that right for South Carolina. Max Brown's already in the portal for Florida. Brock Vandergriff looks like he's going to Kentucky from Georgia. K- Kentucky's lost two guys, uh, Deuce Hagan and Dustin Wade. Max Johnson, of course, went from A&M to North Carolina. Will Rogers, it looks like, is going to go to Washington after leaving Mississippi, State, which is a really good fit for him with that, with that offensive staff, Ryan Grubb, the coordinator, and Kalen DeBoer, That's a really good landing spot for Will Rogers. So if you're rooting for Will Rogers, which I you know, I hope people are, then um, like basically the most productive quarterback in SEC history. Mm-hmm. Um and then Vanderbilt lost like eleven eleven quarterbacks. All eleven quarterbacks <laughs> on the Vanderbilt roster are gone. Um Taylor, I think they got one Seals
1: back. They got one back, I think. But I he hasn't played yet. But he is oh. scholarship. All
0: right, good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, Will Shepard is a really, really good player, wide receiver that went into the portal for Vanderbilt. He's the guy to keep an eye on. Uh, you mentioned Juice Wells, uh, Walter Nolan. Uh, if you look at sort of the rankings, um, you know, again, just based on the star rankings and stuff, you've got a bunch of names in here. The, the names I would keep an eye on, um, like Will Howard, a quarterback at, at Kansas State's in here. Um, I think Cam Ward at Washington State. Dante Moore is a five-star freshman from last year at UCLA. He's into the portal there's a lot of good quality names in here if you're a team looking for a quarterback next year. So um, there Dylan Gabriel's in here. Kyle, Kyle McCord has entered the portal. Holy smokes. I don't think I even knew that. So
1: but interestingly, no KJ Jefferson. What do you think that tells us? Anything? Uh, they're probably working on an NIL deal, as <laughs> so we speak. I, I think that's I think that's what every player that is not in the portal but has it been reported. Or suggested or sourced that is going to the portal. That's queued up to. I'm thinking about leaving. Opportunity to keep me. You know, there's a window yeah. here. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, and, which I got no problem with. Hell, no. It's how business is done. If someone came to to me today and said, "I'll pay you X amount to do do what you're doing," hell, I'll you know that. Then that's what you're worth. So, uh, I th- I think that's what it says. And maybe he's intrigued by the Bobby Petrino. Higher, i think that wouldn't also, you wouldn't you be if you're him oh, oh certainly certainly i mean if they had no coordinator right now i think it i would assume that he'd be in the portal i really would yeah, and, I and and still be communicating with sam Pittman, being like you know who's the coordinator gonna be but i think that adds to it um and, and they're probably at the same time arkansas is probably looking at it like can we get Dante Moore? can we get yeah. Will yes. Rogers or you know whoever I, I'm just speculating, but can we get there's good guy? names, and
0: there's really good quarterbacks in the portal,
1: and is sure. that better than KJ? You know what I mean? Like these are all the things, I, the conversations that I I have to imagine are taking place behind the scenes. Uh,
0: Ken says give the players the same flexibility that the coaches have. I philosophically I completely agree with that. Um, it's long long overdue, and he says KJ is is staying. I do think. Um, and, and I don't, you know, for, for those that have a problem, I don't think anybody probably watching this or listening to this has a problem with kids getting their fair share or young athletes getting their fair share and negotiating for that fair share. Like, Hey, I might, I might go to the portal, but let's see who you hire. Oh, you hired Bobby Petrino. Okay. I like that. Now, what can you do for me and my family? Okay, fine. I'll stick it out and let's, let's ride. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's, I think that's, that's the way we're doing business these days. And the new, the new, this new subdivision of that, the NCAA is proposing is is going to pay them an X amount, about $120,000 over four years, through like an academic educational trust. But then they're still allowed to go out and make as much as they want on top of that. Um, so I, this is all... It, there is going to be revenue sharing at some point. When the playoff contract is worth $6 billion, they're going to have to slice off a piece for the athletes at some point. That's what the NCAA is trying to avoid here, and the SEC, frankly. Although think- if, I'm, if I'm Greg Sankey, I mm-hmm. want to put in place the revenue sharing now, so that it makes the SEC look better, recruits more talent, as if they need the help, and and it
1: and it kind of pushes the sport forward. I think the one that interests me the most, though, so is Dylan Gabriel and what's going on there, because I would certainly think, and again, this is just me completely speculating, but I have to believe he went to Oklahoma because he got NIL and to team up mm-hmm. with Jeff Lebby, which is mm-hmm. smart. I mean, it both both paid off. And then now they've got a, a star freshman quarterback. And they're probably sitting here. He he probably wants NIL money, mm-hmm. which he was already getting. And he hell, he he had a wonderful year. So he he deserved all of it. But they're probably sitting there saying, Well, hell, we gotta pay you and this other quarterback. We can only play one of you. So I I mean I think a decision was made there. And, and again, that's me speculating. Well, but,
0: Oklahoma doesn't none of the none of the schools pay any of this money, so it's not Oklahoma's budget. You know what I mean? Well,
1: there is a there has to be an NIL budget in the real right, world, but it's
0: not. But it's not Oklahoma. It comes from all their boosters and businesses right. and stuff. Wh-
1: whoever it is, you know. I mean, there's there's only so much to go around, and so now the, what interests me the most is you're sitting here, you're like Mississippi State, you know, you're down in the dumps. We were awful. Now we got a new coach. Can we get a quarterback that knows his system that we know can star in this league instantly? If I'm Mississippi State fan, and again, I have no idea if he's going there, but if he does, it gives me hope for next season that at least we're going to be fun and exciting. We're going to have an offense that can outscore people. And that's why I think is the beauty of this system.
0: No, I I actually completely agree. And I think Jeff Levy was instrumental in setting up the NIL deals at Oklahoma. He was a huge, huge part of the NIL organization there and sort of driving it to the players. I imagine he's going to be a, a huge part of that at Mississippi State. Dylan Gabriel's a, a pretty darn good player. Is he an elite player? I don't think so, but he's but he's pretty damn good and he's better than anything they got right now. Uh, Tony says, um, What's Missouri's advantage in NIL? And it's largely that the state has no rules at all. <laughs> the state, what <laughs> Eli, I've never heard a coach do this. This is one of my favorite moments in, in SEC Media Day's history. And I don't think you and I were sitting there together that day, but like I was sitting there and Eli Drinkwitz steps to the podium on, I think it was day one. And he go, and he says, I'd like to thank and he like rattled off the governor and like the state legislative body in the state of Missouri for like passing all these rules that basically allow everything in, in to be allowed. Basically they, they have the most hands-off rules of any NIL, uh, state in the country. And, and Eli Drinkwitz is, is capitalizing on it for sure. Um, I, I do. I agree that uh, here's here's. Let me ask you one thing though about the fun of this all, because I agree with you that the fun of this all is the is the transferring and 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 what it what it does is it spreads out the wealth. It allows teams to get better faster. It allowed Tennessee to get better faster, right, by going to get Hendon Hooker. It allowed South Carolina to get better faster with Spencer Rattler. You know, you know, like teams can kind of stay relevant. I mean, Jackson Dart was a transfer. Jaden Daniels transferred in for Brian Kelly and was pretty good. But if you look at Georgia, Georgia does it with Carson Beck, home-raised. Jalen Milrow, home-raised. J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, home-raised. Quinn Ewers is really actually a recruit for Texas, if you don't know the story. Texas had not yet passed the NIL law. He graduated a semester early from high school in Dallas. He went to Ohio State, took a check from Ohio State, and immediately transferred back to Texas. It was all part of his plan. So really, he's a he's a homegrown player, in my opinion, for Texas, because if if they had the NIL rule, he would have just gone to Texas. Um, Other than Michael Penix at Washington, Ohio State homegrown with Kyle McCord, although that's changing. Missouri, Brady Cook, homegrown. I'm curious if you think that that does it does it work for everyone else in college football, but not for the best teams or, or what? Like Jacob Coker is a transfer and Joe Burrow is a transfer. I don't think we've had any other transfers win the national championship in the last twenty years. I don't think, and I could be wrong. St- about that, Stetson
1: Bennett was a transfer.
0: He doesn't. He signed with Georgia out of high school. Boom! That's, that's busted. Home, no, Cam Newton. Home, no homegrown recruit. Cam Newton. That's a good one. That's a good one. Ste- stealing laptops. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cam, should have been Hendon Hooker.
0: Cam, Cam Newton. <laughs> fuck off. Cam, Cam Newton. Uh, Jacob Coker, so that's 2010, 2015, and then Burrow in 2019. Okay, anybody else? Am I missing? Um, you got Greg McElroy, Tim Tebow, Jameis Winston in there. You got A.J. McCarron winning two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head here. You got Trevor Lawrence uh, winning one, Deshaun Watson winning one. Those are both homegrown. You got Jalen Hurts is is uh, uh, homegrown. Tua was homegrown. If they won it together, I think that's what we count, right? They won it together
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in in twenty seventeen. Um, Eighteen was Lawrence. Nineteen was Burrow. Twenty was Mac Jones, homegrown. And then I know what people say about Stetson, but that was a guy who signed with Georgia out of high school. He went to Georgia out of high school. That's a homegrown player.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it really matters.
0: I I uh, think. Sorry, Caleb says, "What do you mean by homegrown? I mean a recruit, not a transfer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you, like like Jordan Travis transferred a long time ago, but he transferred to Florida State. Michael Penix played at Indiana, transferred to to Washington. You know, guy Bo Nix played at Auburn, transferred to Oregon. That's all I mean.
1: Your theory is going to be shattered next year when Shador Sanders leads Colorado <laughs> to the first ever twelve team playoff. No, uh, but." I, <laughs> I mean that's a, that's a fine theory. I'm just but curious. I'm just. We curious. we kind of talked about this before. It, I I think it's because all the teams you just, not all but 90 percent of the the ch- champions you just mentioned, right, coming from like the top programs, so it's a little bit easier. It's I, I feel sure. like it's it's easier for Georgia sure. and Alabama and Ohio State to to recruit these guys, to keep them happy, to surround them with talent, and get there. Uh, there's just there's not a lot of Joe Burrows out there, you know, where they come in and they completely change the program. And that was already a program that had won multiple national championships before. Right,
0: right. Elite, elite recruits. Like, I mean, all the Oklahoma guys are all transfers, but they couldn't win a championship because their defensive line wasn't frankly wasn't good enough. Like Kyler Murray transfer, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts transfer, like Baker Mayfield transfer, (laughs) like all those guys can win can win Heisman's, but not not national championships. So, no, I mean, that that is what it is. Ultimately, it's the biggest names, but I think there's also something to being someplace for more than a year. Like, I don't think there's many, like, I don't think there's many guys that step into a new team and then in the first year, like, even Joe Burrow took him two years. It it wasn't his first year, it was his second year. So I I think it takes time to kind of build a national championship pedigree. Just curious, but I do think it's better for the rest of the sport, like Kentucky uh, or Ole Miss to get Jackson Dart and Kentucky to get Brock Vandegrift or, and sometimes it works. You get Will Levis, and sometimes it doesn't. You get Devin Leary. So I I you know Tennessee knows this sometimes it works and you get Joe Milton or you get Hendon Hooker sometimes it doesn't you get Joe Milton so I I don't yeah. know I think it's interesting yeah it Fields, is, it is Justin interesting. Fields is a good one Justin Field's going to Ohio State I forgot about that one that, but that's because all the Georgia fans were so racist though right I thought that's what that was
1: <laughs> I that's not, that's not my comment
0: Georgia got screwed Georgia got screwed out of the playoff Georgia got screwed
1: yeah why are you always focused on these quarterbacks man
0: it's almost as if they're the most important player on the field you know the one that touches the ball every time
1: the running back i
0: don't, I don't know what's i don't know what game you've been watching <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: i'm trying to think of the reverse of mike leach paul johnson <laughs> yes that's yes, exactly right or ken niama <laughs> what's what's uh, that guy up to I, I don't know what he's doing
0: these days he should be option. O.C. at Vanderbilt. I, that's not a terrible. I've been saying Vanderbilt should run the triple option for a long time. <laughs> Most people in Nashville agree with that, by the way. Um, there's no question about that. Um, 728 days in between Georgia losses. 29 games. Wow. Jo- Man. And Georgia scored, I think, on three of their last five possessions against Alabama in the, in the SEC championship game. Uh, Nash, The national championship game. And we're just
1: throwing them in the trash huh? in the national
0: championship game. Georgia almost won. <laughs> Came up just short, man. Nick just short.
1: Just short. He's a, he's a damn wizard or something. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, all right. So uh appreciate you guys hanging out and all the wonderful and amazing compliments in the in the comment section. I feel yeah. more I feel more love today than I felt at any point during the season, Breton.
1: These Any are some point. spicy fans here. You know what? Yeah,
0: well, I don't. Well, that's great. That's what makes the game great. If you took time out of your day to log on to this channel and watch this show to call me an idiot, I am honored.
1: Let me ask you this: as we got a, a minute or two left here, shoot, Billy Napier, Shane Beamer, Sam Pittman, least likely to return in twenty twenty five.
0: I have to look at their schedules. They're um, not out yet. Well, we know most of the opponents. Uh, I would say <sighs> Pittman's on the hottest seat. The pressure to win is greater for Napier. And I think Shane Beamer has banked more equity than everybody else. But South Carolina fans are nuts. So, in a, mm-hmm. in a good way, in a good way. Um, I think it's Pittman one, Napier two, Beamer three. In terms mm. of like in terms of like hot seat pressure to win that that's what I would say but I but I could see the argument for for Napier as well
1: so Do you, could you see any scenario to where Brian Kelly's on the hot seat if next year sucks I mean if it's bad I mean you're talking
0: like what five losses
1: yeah yeah something like that
0: seven and five for LSU That'd be I don't know. You you have a division championship and probably a Heisman trophy in your first two years. It's probably it's you probably get at least one year past. No, no, hot seat maybe the following year, but not like actual movement. Because with it, Texas
1: it, and Oklahoma coming in, there's there's annually gonna be at least one devastated fan base that were seven and five, right? There is doesn't there almost have to be? Th-
0: there almost is already anyway. Um here's what right? I would say, here's what I will say, and I, I'm curious to get your response to this. Because so many of these teams won't get to play each other every year, right? Like there's going to be, let's say the top six teams are Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, LSU, Tennessee, whatever, like those, whatever, just pick a six, A&M, Auburn and Florida all count too. Mm -hmm. But like, let's say those six teams, what are the odds that all six teams are playing each other? There's going to be a lot of times where those six are going to miss each other from not, not, not entirely, but we've got to be very prepared for. Like looking at the top of the SEC standings, seeing like eight 0 eight no seven and one, seven and one, and like those teams maybe not not have played each other. And so
1: I think that's maybe, why they're expanding the playoff
0: uh, well yeah, uh-huh <laughs> and but maybe there's also to your point though, like that there won't be as many fans as devastated, I don't think, if your guy's good enough because you might miss some of the other good teams and you're not in a division where you're like you have to play. The quote-unquote best team. Does that does that make any sense at all?
1: Mm-mm, no, okay. but I got you.
0: Maybe, but if, if you're not gonna, you're not gonna just like Alabama and Georgia don't play in the regular season every year now. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, it's Texas j- and Oklahoma in trouble. I know everybody's again. Texas may win the national championship. Texas co- is fine. So that, so Texas a, is gonna be. That's fine. That's a crazy statement, but Texas is fine. I mean, didn't. Mm, they they seem to struggle down the stretch in the Big Twelve. Texas did, yeah.
0: They 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 won like a hundred and ten to fifteen in the final two games, including the conference championship game.
1: No, not Maybe that they, game. Oh, just forget those last two that you're talking about. Iowa State one by ten, TCU one by three, Kansas State one by three. That's Houston. Houston very good. Seven. H- Houston was there. <laughs> Houston. Houston was there. South Florida. All right. Now in the SEC, was there, South Florida. That's at Auburn. That's Bama coming to you. That's at Georgia. That's Tennessee coming to you. You know what I mean? It's like it's a much different story in Iowa State, TCU, Kansas State, BYU, all these jokes of a team.
0: Well, they didn't they, they beat the trash out of most of those teams. They struggled with Houston, they struggled with TCU. Beating Iowa State by ten on the road is actually kind of like beating like Tennessee or Florida on the road by ten this year. Um, I, I think the Auburn game for Alabama is no different than the Texas TCU game. Those are basically identical Two two great rivals struggling. Um, but in the, in the games that matter, I mean, they beat, they beat Texas tech, which is a bowl team, a pretty decent team. They beat them like 57 to seven in the final game of the regular season. And then they beat Oklahoma state in their conference championship game with one of the most effective offensive performances in the history of the conference. So No. I am not worried about Texas right now um, coming into the SEC. I am interested into what Oklahoma is going to be because Texas has the defensive line to compete. They've already proven it. They went into Alabama and did it. The reason I like them to maybe win the whole thing is their defensive line. Oklahoma has yet to recruit and establish a defensive line since 2009. It's been over a decade, and it's why they lost all those playoff games. So Brent Venables, supposed to be a defensive wizard, has to figure out that defensive front. If he can do that and replace his offensive coordinator, I, I'm way more worried about Oklahoma than I am
1: Texas. There's a lot of guys that are wizards till they get to the SEC, then they're just idiots that can't coach.
0: I, I, I agree. That being that being said, Steve Chad Sarkeesian,
1: Morris was an offensive mastermind <laughs> at Clemson.
0: Right, well, I don't. You know, the difference get being Steve out of here the, the difference being Steve Sarkeesian has coached well in the SEC. Just for the record. So.
1: As a head coach?
0: No, playing. I didn't think call, so. Calling plays. He was an offensive wizard at, at Alabama in the SEC. In a COVID year, we don't count that. He made he made Lane Kiffin retire because he was going to be the head coach in waiting at Alabama for Nick Saban. They they were going to name him head coach in waiting. Hmm. You knew that, right? <laughs> when, when when was this? When he was the offensive coordinator. It's part of the reason Lane Kiffin left. That's not what I heard. Well, there's other reasons why I like Kevin <laughs> left. <laughs> very, very
1: different reasons. <laughs> yes, there's 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 two main ones.
0: Okay. Joey, Joey Freshwater and Steve Sarkeesian.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. We're you know then.
0: We're on the same page. Um please don't mention Chad Morris as Bobby G. Uh Texas Tech is not one of the worst teams. They're they're just not, but 57 to 7 is still impressive either way. So um, they're not as bad as Vanderbilt. Let's not go crazy. So all right. Uh who you got in the other one, Texas, Washington. I know you're picking Texas.
1: Texas, easy. The what the one game I watched Washington, though, they were pretty good. Guess what? Not, not their defense. Their defense looked awful, but they have
0: the worst defense
1: of anybody in the playoff conversation. Yes. But they looked very well coached and efficient on offense. I'll give them that. I watched one game. It's why it's why Nick Saban tried to hire his offensive coordinator.
0: Mm-hmm. And Jimbo Fisher, I think, tried to do it as well. Right, Ryan Grubb, offensive coordinator at Washington, both tried to be hired. Uh, I think Notre Dame tried to hire him also.
1: I think A and M was interested in hiring the head coach there for a minute. Oh, you mean after Jimbo, post Jimbo? Correct. Yes. But yes. he said, "Yes,
0: I'm trying to win a championship here." He's also a West Coast guy. That's that's where he's coached most of his his uh, he's that he's that part of the country, mm-hmm. and and now he's a Midwesterner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> although he did coach it he coached in indiana before going to fresno state so he was he was a uh he was a he's kind of a, he kind of fits in you know he's a midwesterner now a head coach at washington aka a big 10 midwest school washington so exactly uh yes i did see Bo. i did see michigan's reaction to bama getting in over florida state and yes only a stupid ass would rather play Alabama, than Florida State, and it's why Florida State got screwed, or it's why Florida State doesn't belong in the playoff. I'm sorry, it sucks. It is what it is. It's, it's a great year for a 12 team playoff. All right, what you got, Mike? Anything I, else?
1: I got nothing. I got, I got nothing.
0: All right. Uh, Please, everybody, subscribe. That SEC podcast, of course, you already are. 440 Sports is over where I'm at. Uh, We've got SEC content over there, lots of Southern football stuff. So come on over and hang out. We do appreciate you guys. Um, uh, SEC Mike on Twitter, you can get to him there. You can get to me at Braden Gall on that fucking cesspool. So come hang out. We do appreciate it. Otherwise, uh, have a great week. Every single Tuesday, 1 o'clock Eastern time, live on the 440 Sports YouTube page. Uh, Come on over, and we'll talk to you then. Uh, Otherwise, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.